Welcome to Soul Inspired Leadership's latest podcast. And today we have back for, I think, probably the third time now, is Warwick, Warwick Fairfax. Now, Warwick is the founder of Crucible Leadership, which is a philosophical and practical breakthrough in turning business and personal failures into the fuel for igniting a life of significance. He has been hailed by Forbes as offering compelling insights for anyone who would like to wake up feeling inspired by their work but doesn't. I suspect that's quite a few people. Uh, and the, his insights rooted not only in the checklist of glib to-dos, but in his own experience. And you'll hear a bit about that today. And the experience at the epicenter of one of the most spectacular business failures in the history of Australia. And being Australia myself, and Australian myself, I can remember these uh, <laughs> failures distinctly. So that's how high profile it was. Now, Warwick was only 26 when, as a fifth-generation heir to the media empire bearing his family name, he led and lost a multi-billion-dollar public takeover bid. The result, the company founded by his great-great-grandfather, slipped from the family control after 150 years, leaving him to examine not only his own shortcomings and losses, but also his life's principles and lessons he learned from family members who came before him and some of the history's greatest leaders. It's been shaping these, ins it's, it's been by shaping these insights as a leadership advisor that Fairfax has enabled all others to learn from what he describes as their own crucible experience and, em and emerge to lead a life rooted in who they are. Warwick lives in Maryland with his wife and three children and he has a book out now entitled, I think it's re released on October 19, Crucible yep. Leadership, Embrace Your Trials to Lead a Life of Significance. So welcome, Warwick. And, and tell me, just what is a crucible moment? Well, thanks, Ross, for having me back, and I uh, really appreciate it. Yeah, you know, a crucible moment is a uh, really defining point in your life. It's uh, typically something that is a searing, painful experience. So we use the image of a crucible, uh, which is like a cauldron for molten metal. And who you are after that searing uh, experience is typically uh, different than who you were before. So it could be uh, your fault or not your fault. It could be um, you know, business failure. It could be a physical challenge. Uh, you know, we have our own podcast, Beyond the Crucible, and we've had everybody from uh, a Navy SEAL that was uh, paralyzed in a training accident to yeah. victims of abuse to business failure. So it's really, you know, with the Crucible, you know, who you are after is there tends to be before the Crucible and after the Crucible. It's a defining, searing moment in your life. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of what a Crucible is. Okay, I was just as you're saying, I'm just thinking there'll be people out there going, hell, I haven't had one yet. <laughs> I've got to go and create some pain just so I can get through it. Or, like it's, but I, I know what you're saying. It's, it's something you can look back and say, it was a point in my life. And I guess probably if people look back, there'll be some point. It doesn't have to be major catastrophic. Yeah, it, yeah. it doesn't necessarily have to be loss of a loved one. Maybe mm. you were fired from a job or you got passed over. Yeah. That's maybe not cancer, but at the time you felt like, hey, I deserve that yeah. job. And somebody yeah. that works less hard than me, just because he's the boss's son or boss's friend, mm. 
you know, gets yeah, promoted yeah. and that's not fair. And me, we're griping about it for months. So there's levels of crucibles, but, and for those that are young, if you haven't gone through, you know, one, you will, because life is not easy. No, um, yeah. It'll you know, happen. And so it, it will happen. And uh, yeah, it's painful. So it's yeah. Yeah, good to be prepared. I, I can agree with that because it's happened to me. So without going in through mine, but it's, <laughs> it's certainly, I know exactly the defining moment. <laughs> certainly know it. Um, and then when we're looking at that, it, it covers other points like um, discover your purpose, craft your vision, and how do I lead with impact? So the next question would be there, like I often get asked this myself is, um, how do I find my purpose? And I always say the purpose, you can't rush a purpose. It will come to you at the right time. And as you're saying, it's probably just a bit after a crucible moment, you really understand your purpose. But some people are born and have this desire to want to do something and they just do it and they love it. But people who don't, it takes something to take them out of where they are put in life to where they are now. And you're probably a perfect example. You're born into a, a well-known family, I had the wealth, had the business. Then next minute I'm running, I'm trying to organise a takeover to keep the business in the family. Then suddenly, oh, now that's, oh, I look back at that. It's my crucible moment. When at the time you wouldn't be thinking, wow, I'm having my crucible moment. It wouldn't come to you at that such a reflective way. You're just in the moment. And then it takes a while to dust yourself off to start to see what effect that had. So how did that, how did that, um, help you how did it work with you at what point did you suddenly realize mm -hmm. that that became a, a major crucible moment uh, or turning point in your life and then what sort of how do I, what do I learn from that or do I need to learn something or how did it start to evolve when you realize it was a, a, a least a lesson to learn yeah great question Ross I mean for listeners who may not have uh, caught you know all of the story from last time just in a very high level yeah. As you say, growing up in a 150-year-old family business, I was the fifth generation. It had newspapers, TV, radio, magazines, you know, the, the major opinion leaders of Australia. Uh, dad died in early 87 in his 80s. I, I and my parents felt like the company wasn't being as well-led as, as it had been previously, yeah. well-managed, wasn't run along the deals of the founder, launched this $2.25 billion takeover, ends up with too much debt. Three years later, the company files for bankruptcy. So instead of a micro version, that's the crucible. So the question is, how do you come back from that? I think really the first uh, question you have to uh, ask yourself is, am I going to let this define my life? Are you defined by your worst day, your worst experience? One choice is hide under the covers and wait for the next 20, 30, 50 years to mm -hmm. go by. And eventually <laughs> life will end for all of us. We know there's yeah. a time limit. That's one choice. The other is, this was my fault, not my fault. It was awful, but I'm not going to be a victim. I'm not going to let this define me. And so if you choose the other the other road, which yeah. is to get yeah. out of bed and, and do something, then the first one is learn the lessons. So in my case, the lessons were uh, several. I, was inher I inherited a vision, not even my dad's vision, five <laughs> generations before. <laughs> you know, my, my dad inherited the vision. So mm. there were generations of inheritance. But... You know, as good a vision as it was to have a, a media company serving society, I'm basically a reflective advisor. Um, I don't like to be in charge of things. I like to advise and write and think, maybe be a thought leader, you know, uh, yeah, so to speak. Yeah. But 
So it didn't fit my design. It wasn't my vision. So really, th those are two of the biggest lessons is, and I think for your listeners, you can't inherit a vision just because your mom or dad was a lawyer, doctor or stockbroker. That's right. yeah. Doesn't mean you should do that. I don't care if it pays the bills. And it's a good, I mean, being a lawyer or a doctor, you know, you can earn a decent enough amount mm. of money to have right. a decent yeah. lifestyle. But if you if that's not you, then don't do it. And no. so one yeah. of the things we say is, you know, depending on your spiritual viewpoint, I think pretty much all faiths and spirituality believe we're designed a certain way. Don't ignore what we say your divine design, because yeah. yeah. that's way lies madness. So in terms of discovering your purpose, it starts with understanding your design. And then, you know, People may not be much into organized religion these days, but people are generally spiritual. Yeah, um, I'd agree and with so that. understand, you know, we all have values and beliefs. Well, don't ignore those because that's ignoring, you know, to use the word you use, it's ignoring your soul. Yeah. Don't ignore your soul. Don't ignore your deepest inner beliefs. So yeah. it starts yeah. with understanding your design, understanding your soul, if you will. And then sometimes with the crucible, the keys of your vision are in the ashes of your pain. Yeah, yeah. So let's say, you know, I often come back to this because it's so searing. Some people have been through abuse. Well, maybe you want to help other people avoid being abused or yeah, help survivors yeah. of that, whether it's cancer or business failure, whatever it is. So, um, you know, you, you link up those dots, your design, your beliefs, and maybe a purpose that might come out of your crucible. That's the keys to your vision and purpose lines intersecting those points. Yeah, I, I agree with that. It actually, while you're speaking, people's faces flash before me because I, I, I know what you're saying and, and they come up because I know that that's, that's what they experienced. I know a few people who have had traumatic childhoods and now help others through those situations, but also people I coach. Sometimes I get remedial coaching jobs where this person's a, a risen, risen to some particular stature in their, their uh, company and not performing. They're performing worse than they were when they weren't in the leadership role. And, and invariably, it's, they're in the wrong job. I mean, I, 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 in, in big conversations, and some say, so I say, so why did you, why did you take, why, did you want, why do you want to do accounting? Well, my mum and dad thought it was a good idea because you can, you can, it's a good job. You can make money and have a good lifestyle. Exactly what you're saying. And if this lady's in charge of an accounting department in a company, she's having trouble because it's not, it's not her. She hates doing it. She hated doing the. <laughs> she was always doing numbers. Lovely mathematician. Yeah. But when she got up to this stuff where she had to look at balance sheets and return and, and project stuff for the, the CEO, she hated it. And so it was reflecting a job. So, so in the end, she just said, "I've got to be true to myself." Hello, <laughs> and then you, you've got to you've got to love you've got to love what you do. And yeah, you know, if, if you're ignoring, body. you know, your soul, your inner self, you're ignoring your design. It's just it's just uh, it's just nuts. But so many yeah. people do that. I, I know. Hey, you know, I, I I can earn a salary and. Like, you know, one of the things I did to prepare myself, as listeners have known from last time, you know, undergrad at Oxford, worked on Wall Street, got mm. my MBA to Harvard Business School. Well, partly because of that, I actually understand financial analysis pretty well. 
Yeah. Well, I've been on two nonprofit boards. <laughs> I stay away from the finance committee like the plague. <laughs> oh, no. It's not because I don't understand numbers. I do. Yeah, I just don't find it very interesting. No, that's exactly so like I, me. <laughs> so just because I understand it doesn't mean I want to do it. You know? I had 40 odd years in financial services and yet don't ask me to, to look at numbers because it's not something I enjoy. And so when you do something you don't enjoy, you're never good at it. I mean, you can do well, it. You, no, you're, you, you're not. You just because you don't want your heart's not there. So your soul is and, not there. No, and, and that really leads into the sort of third section of the book, which is craft your vision, ah, yes, is yes. Um, to be able to craft a vision, it's got to be in line with your design, in line with your fundamental beliefs. Maybe it's linked to a crucible, may or may not be, but it's got to be something you're off the charts passionate about. Because if you're not, you know, business or any endeavor, it's going to be tough. You're going to face setbacks. I mean, try having a yeah. business in COVID, which sadly many people have. Try to keep yeah. it alive. You know, it's not easy. You know, well, imagine trying to do something you really don't, you could care less about. You want to have perseverance. I don't care how much stamina you have in general. You know, maybe you're a marathoner. Mm. I don't care. You will run out of gas. Yeah, but if it's yeah. something you believe, I'm passionate about this, the world needs this, it fulfills what we call the life of significance, which means a, a life on purpose dedicated to serving others. If you believe, you know, the world needs this. Yeah. You will persevere. So you will. That's right. You, you've got to care about your vision. It's got to matter to you. You've got to feel like, you know, I, I believe people are wired to serve others. Joy and fulfillment happens when, in some ways, you're serving other people. That's just because we may, you may not like how you're designed, but it's part of being human. It's sort of, mm -hmm. it's in our DNA, our coding. So yeah. Yeah, you can agree or disagree, that. but yeah. like, you can't ignore how, you know, it's like, well, gee, I wish I had more than two arms. It's like, you can, you can have all sorts of wishes, but it's, you got to live with the reality is serving yourself in some, some narcissistic way. It's not what make you fulfilled. So no, the vision has got won't. to be out. Yeah, you know. yeah exactly right. It, it won't make you fulfilled. It's, and it's because it's, it's, it's that inner strength and hence the name soul inspired. It's that inner strength that drives you. And because it's all the, the outside noise that can take you down or and like in this situation, the environment with COVID, et cetera. But there's still it's outside noise. People say you will fail at that or that business won't last because the economics won't work during the COVID situation, whatever. And it could be failing. But what keeps you going getting up every morning um, is the fact that it's, you, you're driven from within. Your head, if you're driven from what you think you, you like, you can talk yourself out of that very quickly. <laughs> well, you can. You, you gotta. You gotta. No, you gotta feel like this matters. It's in line with my <clears throat> fundamental soul, and yep. um, you know, really, sort of the last piece when we talk about lead and live with impact. <clears throat> you know, it's important to have what we call fellow travelers. You know, it's um, you want people on your team that believe as strongly in your vision as you do, and that's possible. It's possible to get that. You know, you want to. Um, ideally have some advisors, yeah, yeah. a coach such as yourself, you can bounce things off of and, hey, what do you think? And somebody ask good questions, mentors. There's a whole, you know, there's the internal game and there's the external. Internally, you got to be wired to your soul and beliefs. But externally, you know, I know for me, I, I'm an internal and an external process. So I tend to being reflective, think very carefully before I make decisions, at least most of the time. Um, and so if I'm uncertain, 
I talk to the relevant people. If it's a personal issue, mm, yeah. obviously it's my wife. So, you yeah, know, partner, yeah. spouse, whatever that means to you. If it's a business issue, I've got a whole team. Okay, should we go with this new venture or not? You know, what do you think? Now, consensus doesn't always help, but if there is consensus, well, okay, mm. I'm going to think very carefully about that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So making things reality, you know, there's a, there's a balance between rely on your gut and your internal, but you've also, it's got to be informed gut decisions, informed soul. You want to, if you've got people on your team that truly believe in your vision mm. and will speak truth to power, you, you, you want to be able to listen. And as you know very well, there's so many business leaders, they refuse to listen to good advice yeah. or to their yeah. team. And that way lies uh, failure or frankly, they say, you know, Hey Ross, we need some remedial coaching because this person won't listen. Can yeah. you help us? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And that's not I an easy I, assignment, right? <laughs> it's not an easy. <clears throat> I can. I could be talking about a long list of uh, experiences there. That's for certain. And it's interesting. Um, I often say, and I, I think, like when you're looking at soul inspired, your vision is from within. Um, now, a company vision to me is not necessarily from within you. It could have started right. there, but it's, to me, your head's for your tactics. And that's where mm -hmm. you involve other people. It's for the tactics of that mm -hmm. business where you involve other people. But it's still got to come from within you of your desire to reach whatever you're trying to reach, to do whatever uh, you're trying to do. Absolutely. And, you know, not everybody's going to start their own company, but certainly, especially for young people, um, whatever your profession is, pay attention to the vision of the company you're thinking of joining. That's right. If yeah. if their vision and their values doesn't match your vision, your values, your soul, don't go there. No. I don't care how successful they are. There's got to be, I mean, from a soul-inspired leadership perspective, there's mm. got to be a soul match. Their That's vision right. has to match your vision. And people don't think about that. It's no. like, but the money's yeah. great. Yeah. The prospect of advancement is all great. But if your values is, I don't know, pick a set you know, respect, kindness, uh, you know, economic sustainability, climate change, whatever mm. the things you think is important in life. And they're about, hey, it's all about the bottom line. And if we can uh, crush the competition and do everything we can, this side of legal, you know, we don't want to break the law because, but you know, if we can cut a few corners and just stomp people into the dirt, we're happy to. Well, if that's, mm. if you're not like that, don't yeah, join that company. No, and no, I know that sounds be... obvious, but when you're young and that big opportunity and the big dollar signs and advancement, yeah. not easy to say no to something like that, right? That's, that's right. Gosh, I could have yeah. that nice house on the water and mm. I could have the boat and man, this would help my family. And right, yeah. it's hard to say no to that stuff. Yeah, I'll be looking good. And then um, they get <laughs> to about 35, 40 years of age and go, what am I doing here? Because <laughs> eventually, right. eventually your inner self comes it bubbles to the surface. If it hasn't, if it's not there where you're listening to it, it will come at some point. And it may be a crucible moment that actually forces it up. Right. But that's it, what it they call, you know, midlife crisis. I mean, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. That is something to be avoided. If you're yeah. not at midlife and haven't had one, you don't want one. No, well, you, you, had your, you, had yours, <laughs> you had your midlife at 26. So. Exactly. <laughs> I, I started early, but I don't know if that's good or early. bad. I, yeah. I suppose the good thing is, you know, I learned some powerful lessons at a young age. So I suppose there's some benefit of that. <laughs> yeah, but, it's, but but more more painful, probably. I don't know. Oh, I, my gosh. I didn't yeah, learn it was 26. 
they are it might have been <laughs> it's <later>. extremely painful <laughs> well. I, I have absolutely no doubt i when i think about mine yeah, it's probably yeah a lot later than that but um it, it certainly does and at the time you don't see it because you're in the moment you're in the moment of trying to save you change the family business you right i mean at the time you know we were refinancing i was going back and forth from sydney to new york and meeting with investment bankers and doing everything we could to save it. So I wasn't thinking this is fun, or this is not fun. I was thinking, you know, we got to somehow save That's it. Right. And yeah, I, I didn't have a whole, I'm very reflective, but I didn't have much time to reflect. It was only later yeah. when the searing pain set in. It's like, what have I done? I've let my family down, yeah. some eternal divine figure, if you will. I mean, I, I, you know, like cosmic failure. I mean, I just felt like it was failure on so many levels. Once, once you stop and hit a brick wall, that's when all that pain, you know, you can't outrun pain. No, Eventually, no. It, whether, and typically it's, you know, um, you know, uh, spiritual, emotional, physical. No. How many people get sick physically because no. of the emotional stuff? It, no. it hits you all everywhere. So mm. yeah, you, you can't outrun the consequences of a crucible, unfortunately. That's right. Pain so, will catch up to you. Yeah. So actually, so reading your book will actually it it takes takes people through your journey, but but also all um, the insights of how leaders can best lead themselves. So you it don't does. have to be a leader it, of a, a CEO of a large organization. You can be CEO of you. Yeah, I mean, you can be a community leader. It's really anybody that wants to make a difference in life yeah. at any level. So the core of it is my story. I've got stories from my dad and, and the founder of the company, John Fairfax, a great leader, inspirational leaders, historical leaders. It's really a set of parables about leadership and how you get out, how you embrace your crucible to lead a life of significance, ultimately a life of joy and fulfillment, focus on others through a series of stories anchored, anchored by my own. So um, yeah, I have a, you know, it was a massive failure and hence there was lots of lessons to learn and I'm blessed with the life I lead now and you know wonderful family and love yeah. what I do and um, so yes uh, life is a lot better than it used to be so uh, and I guess final point I'd make is you know this isn't a one and done thing this isn't a like oh I read this book and uh, two weeks later life is you know Disneyland and, and joy and roses it's yeah. Life is not easy. And so finding, it took me years to find my path, but what I'd really advocate listeners to think hard about is it's sort of a key is that, you know, take one small step, one small step at a time. Yeah. What, what does your soul tell you that today? What step should you take today? And one step by one step, you'll move in a good direction, but just, you know, try to break down that huge thing into small steps. What do I feel my inner self saying, you know, because you, you will know what yeah, is that yeah. step that I should take. And yeah, those that truly right. love you and support you, most of the time, the, the right ones will say, you know what, Ross, you know what, Warwick, that, that makes sense. Mm. Little affirmation yeah. helps too. Yeah, exactly right. Well, on that on that note, um, we'll have to end our, in, our, our podcast for today. So thanks, Warwick, for, for being yet again on our on our show and it's it's always um welcome to have you on um because there again i'm talking to a fellow australian so it's good <laughs> it makes me feel as i'm at home but, but at the same time you have such a powerful story that i can relate to very very 
easily, even though I, I haven't taken down the family business. Um, but, <laughs> sorry, take it down, but I, we didn't have a business to actually do anything with. Um, but, but it's just the fact I can relate to it so much because, and this is what people who read the book will be able to relate to something in their life. Ah, that's my crucible moment, right? So that's, that's where it really adds value to people. So thanks again for being on Soul by Leadership and thanks to everyone out there who is listening. Thanks, Ross. Great to be here.